Hello there uh, to people listening. I know that uh, this is actually the first time I'm having a guest on this podcast, and I, I'm a big fan of finding other guys that are in a similar space to me that they're are very leaned into, I think, a lot of, I'm going to call them women's issues, uh, women's like woman-centered um, ideas and conversations. Um, and so Ben is here with me today. Um, and he is half of the Balanced Birth uh, Instagram account um, and company. Um, it, this is the first time we're meeting, but I think I've been checking out a good handful of their stuff. We're uh, we're a little bit past that part of life in terms of the education they put out there. But Ben, thank you for coming on, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm kind of laughing when you're talking about us being men in like the women's space because. I feel like my whole like career has been that. So I used to work in public education, which I worked around lots of women. Mm -hmm. And then I switched from uh, public education to birth education, which is obviously very female heavy. And then I have three girls. So, and, and no boys. So like, I'm just surrounded (laughs) by girls and women, but as we'll talk in a minute, it's, it's become kind of uh, eye opening for me and helped me learn a lot. When, uh, maybe we'll start with this. If you were to introduce yourself and or when you kind of, so I was a, I was a public educator too for eight years. I was a math teacher. Um, what kind of brought you first into this space? Like what had you go in towards that transition into doing this full time? Yeah. So it started out, it was going to be a, a side gig for Jessica. So she was a teacher as well. And, um, she quit teaching for a while and we were just relying on my teacher income, which was a really stretching season for us. And she was thinking about what she wanted to do afterward. And she's always been so passionate about childbirth and wanted to get certified and become an educator. And we were, when we were kind of talking about what kind of course she would create um, is whenever we started developing our philosophy, our method, our approach about balance. And uh, that's when we had the idea of really creating a very balanced birth class. And what we mean by that is when we started out, we took a very uh, one-sided class. It was like heavily natural birth. It put like so much fear in us of like modern medicine and hospitals. And we were just like terrified. And then we had all these complications and ended up having to go to the hospital and had no tools to navigate that world. And we were like, man, uh, you'd be a great teacher, Jess, of just teaching women how to like approach it with more balance, that you have a plan, but you're also prepared for the unpredictable. And then that was like the seed of it all. And then as we talked some more, we were like, you know what's also unbalanced? Like there's like no men in the birth space. And what's up with that? Because nowadays, uh, especially our generation, like men are, a lot of men are really involved and they want to be involved and they just really don't know how that no one's being a voice for them and and so that's when we had this idea of like yeah it'd be cool um if you know you were like my sidekick in it and it just so happened that i was like a total birth nerd like when when she was first pregnant i thought it was so fascinating you know i mean it's just it's such it's so incredible incredible and um and so i was reading a lot and researching and i was we had a midwife and i was always asking her questions and we were like this power team in the delivery room and um, I loved it. And it, it dramatically changed my life. And watching my wife um, give birth 
transformed the way that I viewed her. It was like, wow, this woman is capable of so much. Like this was an incredible experience. And I, I, after watching my wife give birth, I fell in love with her like tenfold. So it made sense. Like, yeah, we could do a course where I'm in it. And, um, and then it just kind of evolved from there. So it was like this side gig and that was before COVID. It started like around, like, like literally like a few months before COVID. And then we came out with it like right as COVID was happening and the demand for online birth classes skyrocketed. And so that was in 2020 and things just kind of steadily grew until, um, August of last year, 2022, it got to a point where I was able to quit my job and, and join her and help produce content and more courses. And so that's what I do now full-time. That's awesome. When you say, uh, you're kind of nerding out, um, now are, are you, when you said you were in public education, what did you teach? So I was a history teacher. And then I, um, I moved into district work and I was the social studies specialist for our district. So I wrote a lot of curriculum and that's kind of a neat asset we have is just able to build frameworks and, and curriculum in our different courses and stuff. So that's what I eventually did, but history is my, my go-to. Now, when you said you start coming back to the other thing I was going to say, um, when you felt like you were nerding out and like kind of loving it. I don't think I've met any guys that would nerd out unless they were doctors. What was uh, what was the sort of spark there that that had you like loving it so much? I think it was um, the veil of like of childbirth and it being so over medicalized and it being like this emergency and this procedure that you got to suffer through. The veil of that being taken away and seeing it as this beautiful natural uh, process and learning about just the, the way a lot of the hormones work and the way that baby bonds with mom in the immediate um, aftermath of birth. And just a lot of that science just really fascinated me. And, um, and so I was just really invested in helping Jessica have that unmedicated birth. Cause I just thought it was all really, really cool. Mm. Yeah, I feel like uh, between like the Working Moms show uh, and Alyssa's experience, I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, we're going to go for this like all natural experience. And I know that we similarly, um, we similarly like went in thinking like let's let's go all natural, and then Alyssa was in way more pain than she had anticipated. Um, they sent us back; uh, she was in labor for I think eighteen, nineteen total hours. Um, and she ended up getting the, um, I always forget the name of it, the epidural, the epidural that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a moment of disappointment. Um, but at the same time, I think she did a great job, like rebounding and just identifying kind of, okay, this is what it is. Like I was not prepared for this level of pain. When you say that you guys want to help people find more balance in that that experience that I just kind of described like a little bit of upfront disappointment, but then just like, okay, is what it is. Is that what balance looks like to you? Yeah. Yeah. We, so when, when you take our birth class, the first thing we talk about is how to find joy. Because if you take our birth class, because you just want the perfect natural birth, unmedicated birth, 
like you're already setting yourself up for disappointment because for 90 percent of the people there's things that happen you can't predict mm-hmm. and uh you, nobody has the perfect birth story which is why childbirth is so exciting it's it's a flow and and it's an adventure but if you already get in the mindset that this is going to be one of the most joyous days of our lives and and it's an adventure we're going to go through together you're already like a leg up on so many levels and it actually plays into your outcomes because research shows that your fear leads to more tension which makes it harder to relax and and all those things and we talk to couples all the time or moms all the time that there's of course it's it's kind of like there's like people broken into two halves it's like people scared of the pain obviously and then the other half's like scared of failing and it's like whoever told you you're failing at anything if you end up getting the epidural and jessica's a doula as well and she can just tell you story after story where like when the epidural came at the right time it's like it it brought so much relaxation and changed the environment and and the labor was going so long it was just like torture and then once the epidural came it's like the whole experience was just awesome and just as joyful and after three kids, I mean, we've had wildly different births each time. We had a C-section on our second one, and it was like the most picture-perfect labor the entire way up. It was like going so well. And then when it was like go time and she was very dilated and it, we were rocking and rolling, they're like, oh, she's breached. We have nobody here that can deliver breached. And we're like, oh, like, yeah, it's automatic C-section, basically. Um, and we're like, Okay. But we had already like, it was joyful. And even that C-section, it was joyous. I mean, the recovery was hard. There was pain. There was, you know, difficulty. But um, we'd want couples to find joy. And that's what it means to have balance. I think that couples these days in in our internet age, information age, are so overloaded with with research and stats and opinions that they don't know how to trust their intuition. They don't know how to just live life and understand that life's not ever super predictable. And so um, we just get really excited when we, when we hear people have really great birth outcomes and they're like, wow, your course really helped us have this amazing natural birth that excites us. But we also get equally as excited when they're like, man, we had like, this crazy complication and we just weren't worried about it. And it was still a joyous experience because of your class. Yeah. It's like coming to, we were talking about football before we started. It's like coming to the line, like having a couple audibles up your sleeve, like ready to go when you see the defense is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When, uh, so thinking along the lines of like guys that are kind of leaned in, but they're not really sure where to lean in and they're adding extra mental. How can I help? What can I do? What would be some of the advice you would recommend to some of those guys that like want to help? They want to be leaned in and like, they're, they're just struggling to find like the right place to learn or place to come from. Yeah. And, and that, you know, talking about the mental load is why uh, I love your channel so much because I learned that the hard way as as well. You know, I had my man child phase that had to come out of, and it really, it starts in pregnancy. If you're aware Mm -hmm. enough, that can be the perfect time that you start opening your eyes to what women go through. And, um, 
just simply checking in weekly and asking how you're doing physically, emotionally, and just listening and listening actively, it starts there. And then being practical with different decisions and that like when your wife asks you your opinion about some product that you really do not care, it's not her saying like, wow, I just really need, I really need your input, you know, about this particular thing. What she's really saying is I really will feel safer if you're involved and I know that you're alongside me because what she doesn't probably realize deep down in her subconscious is that she's afraid of being in that birth room and feeling alone. She's afraid of having that newborn in her arms and not being supportive. And so the faster you can help eradicate that fear and show that you are present and that you're willing to do anything, you're willing to listen and learn. Um, she's going to feel more confident and supported and empowered. And it just takes a lot of work. I mean, like so many of your videos talk about, it's just like, wow, I had no idea that I was adding mental load by this or that. And so um, I just believe pregnancy is such a great training ground. And it's very difficult for guys because we don't have a physiological connection to the baby yet. Like women message us all the time of like, I don't know if he's going to be a good dad. Like he's just like totally oblivious. And I'm like, hold up. Most men, it doesn't hit them until they see the baby. You know, you can have the most like uninvolved, disengaged dad. And then he's in the delivery room bawling his eyes out when he finally mm -hmm. sees his child. This is the way we are as men. We are not connected to that baby like she is. Um, but that's not an excuse to like check out. It's almost like a test. It's like we're procrastinating till the night of, you know, to kind of cram for it. Um, but the more that you get on board early on, it makes it even smoother. And you begin the process that will never stop, you know, mm -hmm. which is learning to reduce that mental load, share the burden inside of the home, take ownership, sacrifice, you know, it starts early. And, um, you know, we actually have resources where we just kind of give out some practical ideas of ways you can do that. Starting to, um, babysit friends babies like if you're a guy and you've never touched a baby which that was like me i was like terrified Same. of babies i was the youngest in my family i wasn't even around younger kids I always hung out with older people um the faster you could just like get over that initial fear of babies and and discomfort maybe fear is a strong word boom you're already on your way to to learning and getting a leg up making her feel supported i love that i I've not heard that advice, but like if I were to give advice and I had to think hard about it, that would probably be one of the things I would recommend. I wanted to ask a question because you, you talked about like that moment that you'll see with a lot of guys that there is a concern that they won't be a great dad and then they're bawling their eyes out. So I had almost a reverse experience. Uh, one of the videos I made early on in paternity leave uh, was talking about how, so I am like generally a crybaby in life. Like, I was watching what were we watching the other day, Moana or like Encanto or something. And like, they just get to me and I'm, I'm tearing up. Uh, there are multiple movies that seem oddly emotional for me. Um, and Alyssa's like looking at me like, is he really crying? Not, not yeah. in like a annoyed way, but like surprised. I was fully expecting that full body. Like, Oh my God, this is my daughter. When, when our now toddler came out and I was alarmed 
that I didn't have any of that experience. It was like blank. It was like, it's just another Sunday night almost like my, I was fully expecting like the tears to come and like the full body, like, like chills. I didn't have any of that. And it took, I would say about three months before I really felt uh, a bond. And I honestly thought I was like a sociopath. I was like, (laughs) what is wrong with me that I'm not feeling what I I feel about with stupid movies, but I'm not feeling with our child. Yeah. Um, Do you, within some of your coursework, do you guys sort of prepare parents for experiencing some of that? Cause I've noticed since I made that one video, I made two or three afterwards, I think 72 people stitched it on TikTok saying they had a similar experience. And I had no idea that that was a normal thing that people felt guilty that they didn't like have this like picturesque movie like experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that kind of, I can relate to that so much. I'm like an Enneagram for like, I'm all about the feels. I think a lot of that comes from just our culture's high stock that they put in on our emotional life. And you don't build a life on your emotions. Emotions are like the icing of the cake, you know, but what makes a great parent is they they're disciplined. Like love is not emotion. Love is, is like principle based. Like you, you sacrifice for your kid, whether you feel like it or not. And that's what, why love so beautiful. And so that a lot of guys have that experience. A lot of women have that experience. A lot of women sometimes struggle, sometimes uh, bonding and it, that really can, can bother them. But what's interesting is there's actually, and it was interesting because you mentioned three months, there's actually research that shows that the men that were at least involved with some of the day-to-day caretaking in the first three months of life, in survey data at 12 months, they reported that they felt bonded with the baby. And then dads that were like totally disconnected in that newborn phase at 12 months later on, they surveyed and said that they did not feel any connection to their baby, even after a year. And so um, I would say to guys like that, you know, don't worry about how you feel because as you know, in parenthood, it's just like, there's plenty of days you feel it's like having a job that is like, yeah, you're net plenty of days. You don't feel like doing it, but good thing is that's not what love really is. And, um, so I think a lot of guys can relate to that, Zach. Yeah. And, uh, another question I wanted to ask, cause a lot of people ask me like when I had the epiphany to start my, my recovery from men, men childdom. Um, and one of the answers is, I'm still slowly trying to pick apart like all the different moments that I've had. But I think when I chose to go sober with Alyssa for pregnancy um, and I, I tried to limit myself in ways that I knew she was going to have to limit herself. Like um, we're about to go on a school field trip to go to Six Flags. And I was like, Oh, Alyssa wouldn't be able to ride the roller coasters. I know she loves it. Like, okay, I'm going to sit this one out. Even though I also love roller coasters she ended up saying to me, no, Zach, I need you to go on that roller coaster. Like I need <laughs> you to live, I need to live vicariously through you. That's good. Um, do you, uh, do you hear, or do you have any um, advice or like coaching that you would give to guys that are trying to look to see how they can better lean in during some of that pregnancy stage? Mm, man, I love that. I love that you did that. That's like, 
that's just speaking my language because it's about support and, and encouragement and empowerment for her. And I, rem, I, re, there's plenty of conversations we talk about in like health and diet and, um, exercise and stuff. And I, I've, after being married for 12 years with Jessica, like, it's just amazing how much couples feed off of each other. Like you're both contributing to the environment of the home, the emotional environment and to the, to the discipline of the environment. Like if one, I know it's just, it happens every time. Like Jessica starts, you know, getting in a good exercise routine. It's like, man, I need to get out exercise. And, uh, she makes a choice about diet. It makes me want to make a choice. And so I think that's the way it should be. Like if you are living two completely opposite lifestyles, um, you know, you should have a conversation because you're building something together. You're building one family together and the values of your family are shaped by your individual values as parents. And the more that you can start bringing those in into like synchronization, the more you're building your family effectively and something that is passed down to your children. So like for this very superficial example, like health, if I was like this total like gluttonous pig <laughs> and then Jessica is like super healthy and man and like discipline. And then we're trying to teach our kids lessons about self-control and moderation and balance. Like we like to talk about, but I'm this completely unbalanced. And again, a kind of a pig, like that's ineffective. Why were they like, kids are not that's not going to get imparted to them and so um i love that example you gave just for the sake that you're learning to get in sync with her and uh and i like that i like that she's like go ride the roller coaster dude like come on man <laughs> you don't have to do everything exactly what i'm doing um so i hope that answered the question but i like that i like that example you gave yeah i'd so i made a handful of videos back in like fall during paternity leave um, two years ago and I got like a lot of pushback on it and I'm curious what your thoughts would be around it. Um, so I, I think I came up with like 14 different ways you could sacrifice as a man to not, not experience what she's experiencing, but trying to take on some of the mental load and the emotional labor that she's going through. So like not eating sushi, not drinking, uh, saying no to to contact sports or like team sports that she's not going to be able to do. Um, the one that I never actually ended up executing on, but take your favorite fitting outfit that like maybe is like a, a slim fit. And like yeah, yeah. Put it in a box with the ones that she can also not fit into. Yeah. Um, and like doing it. I think one of the other ones was the, I know she had a lot of acid reflux. So taking like a shot of vinegar in the morning, to experience some of the unpleasantness of that. Um, <laughs> I like that. But, That's funny. But there are a handful and a lot of people, the people that push back, they're like, why are you method acting? You're like taking away the, the beauty of, um, of childbirth. And I'm, I'm curious what, what other, I, it's been a while since I've approached the subject because I had so many people pushing back. I'm like, you're just method acting and like, you're trying to, do something that's unhelpful. I'm curious what your thoughts on some of those things would be. Man, I, first of all, like 
whether you meant all that stuff literally or not, to me, when I absorb any content, I'm always looking for the principle. And to me, like I would love, love that video because the principle behind it is that go do what you got to do to have more empathy. You do what you got to do to have more understanding. If you love this woman, you should want to understand her perspective more. And the same for her. Like it goes both ways. Um, So I'm all about doing whatever I've got to do to teach myself a lesson. Now I probably wouldn't have done that stuff. A lot of that stuff literally, but here's another example from my life. Like early on in my marriage, trying to get over my man child stuff. Like you were talking about, I was, I was really just, I was just really struck at a period of time of just how self-focused I was. I was just like, wow. No, I, I was like tallying it up. I was like, I really do put myself first, like almost 90% of the time before her. And I was like, I've got to enact some practical change. And I was thinking about this while I was folding laundry and putting it up. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I when when I'm done folding, I'm going to put her laundry up first before I do mine. And I did that. And then the next time I did laundry, I did the same thing and the same thing for like two years. I had this like strict, like monastic discipline that it was like Jessica's laundry first, then my, (laughs) my laundry first, you know, it sounds really cheesy, but it built something inside of me like reflexive. It's like my reflexive response became Jessica's needs, you know? Mm. And and so I think some of the small things we do can can have powerful impact inside of us. After Jessica gave birth, um, a few years later, I decided to train for a marathon. And when I was training for that marathon, I was thinking about her and labor like so much of the time. It was like, I can't give birth, but I can push myself to my limits and i and and that 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 also very transformed me like pushing myself to the limits and and running that marathon like it's it's like i'll never be able to truly relate to a woman but i can at least relate with having to like fight that that mental and physical game and and having to push yourself and also learn the value of support. You know, Jessica was so supportive during that season when I was training for that. I mean, we had little kids, like it was not easy. I was, I mean, I had to train a lot. Um, but, um, that would be my response to that. Oh, that's a great segue. So I made a video the other day, uh, someone, I don't know if you saw this one about training for like long distance runs and how, uh, I think it was originally like a comment response or it was a DM response where they're like, my husband just took up like, I think ultra marathon running or something. And like, I don't know how to point out that like there was already like more mental load and more domestic labor on my plate. Now there's way more because he's out of the house training 10 plus hours a week. And we didn't have like a conversation about, what division of labor is going to look like. Yeah. When you went into that, what kind of conversations did you have so that like the, 
your the labor wasn't yeah. just completely falling on her? That's a great question because that was my one and only marathon. <laughs> that is the number re- number one reason I've not run another is because it was a massive sacrifice on her. And one of my pet peeves is is guys like just totally being oblivious to that kind of stuff and just kind of like not counting the cost before they get into something. But anyway, I, that was actually my birthday gift, Zach. Six yeah. months before my birthday, before my six months before my 30th birthday, I told Jessica, I was like, for my 30th birthday, I would love to say that I ran a marathon before I turned 30. And she's like, you got it. Sounds awesome. Um, and But there was still like deliberation and negotiation. There were mm. many many 4.30 a.m. runs instead of the 7.30 a.m. runs. If I slept in, I didn't get my long run in. And I wanted to do well. Like, and I, and I did do well. I was pretty fast. Like, I didn't, I just didn't want to like survive it. I wanted to have a good time right. and stuff. And, um, so yeah, we, we worked it out. We scheduled things and, and there was no, there was zero animosity, um, from her. And, you know, what I would say to some guys is like, the more that you, the more that you sacrifice and you learn to lay down things, you'll be surprised at down the road years later, how it might come back into your life. Like I have certain hobbies that, I mean, I just absolutely killed. I absolutely murdered inside my, inside my heart, not out of a sense of loss, but out of like, you don't belong in my life right now. My family belongs in my priorities right now. And it's amazing how like now that my kids are getting older, we're out of like that little, I mean, my youngest is five, you know, we've been out of the little stage for a bit. It's amazing. Like, like the little more free time you got going on, you know, like bedtimes are later and there's, there's this little more structure and predictability and, and she's like fully recovered. I mean, I know, I know when we like finally realized that we were actually out of that phase, we're like, is this what it was like to feel rested? Like, I can't remember. I, I was like, this strange feeling is so wonderful. And you'll just be surprised at just how easy it is sometimes for that stuff to come back into your life. But actually it's even more fun when your kids get older because you get to share the passion for them you know, with them. I love the outdoors. I love fishing. I love hunting. I love hiking. And like before that was all about me and my experience. And now it's like, man, I get to share that with my kids mm-hmm. and my oldest, you know, is old enough to like fish on her own, which is like a big thing, you know, cause fishing when kids are little, you're just like, you're pretty much doing all of it, you know, and it's kind of mass chaos. So, um, anyway, a lot of guys sometimes, again, it goes back to that psychological shift and that physiological shift it takes some guys a very long time to recognize to recognize that your context has changed like you have entered into a new season of life whether you like it or not and if you want to be a great dad you've got to realize it a lot of guys are good dads there's a lot of good dads out there what makes guys great is that they're aware of the season and the context they're li- they live in and they're committing to doing the best job 
that they can in this finite amount of time that goes by very quickly. Mm. Brings me to like this morning. Um, I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned the laundry example. So last night, uh, I think our toddler was spooked by something in bed. I don't know what it was, but she slept terribly last night. Um, Alyssa was in there for not sure how long from like 11 to one or two. And then at some point she's like, I, and we got to switch. Like I need help. Um, so I ended up sleeping on the floor, like in, in the nursery with her. And it was ter- like, my back is struggling right now. <laughs> like, like earlier this morning, I was just like feeling very zombie. Like, and there was this moment of like, she's like, you know, I didn't sleep that well either. And I immediately flashed to those, um, those videos that I've seen out there where it's just like the guy is like in a, in a blanket and like yeah, yeah. snuggled up on the couch. Meanwhile, like the woman that's sick has the same thing, but with three kids crawling on her. Um, yeah. I was like, Oh no, am I being that guy right now? <laughs> um, and so literally just thinking back to like not wanting to be that guy was what had me, I still didn't snap out of it, but I just kept moving. I was like, don't stop moving. Cause I know I need to like help pack lunch this morning, get the car seat back installed in the car so we can get her to daycare. Um, and coming to like the, being a great dad is like acknowledging the context and the, like the season of life you're in. Um, what would you say to dads that they, they could often be missing in the, the content, the chapter of life you sort of just came from with, with multiple littles. Wait, so rephrase it. What would I say? Oh, what would, what do you, what are things they might be missing while they're going through it? Yeah, man. I would like my top encouragement to guys is like, dude, it's, it's physically and mentally draining it. Parenting never gets easy. Like in the school age. I mean, our, our girls are in an older phase where there's just like relationship drama with their friends at school. And there's just like, you know, insecurity and things they're, they're going through. I mean, there's always stuff, but there is nothing like the physical demand that that seat, that early season is my biggest encouragement is like, Hey, it's, it's, you're going to get through it and and, and you're gonna, you're gonna survive. <laughs> um, so don't try to just like, um, it's like, do your very best, but don't be so hard on yourself um be involved like talk with your wife y'all have good conversations work through stuff but both of you have to give grace to each other and um you know just like i had lots of growing up to do jessica had lots of um letting go to do it's like if she wants me at a level 10 but i'm still at a level 3 she's got it to be an encourager to get me to level four. If she ever wants me to keep climbing up the ladder of, you know, maturity or this capacity. And, um, so I'd say that that's a big, that's a big one for me. Another one is just like every, even in the early stage, you're building things, you're building habits, values. Um, you're teaching your kids stuff. You're the emotional environment you set in the home. You know, I was thinking about that with 
you um talking about your back you know like i i the way i grew up like when every time i had a headache or anything i just voiced it all the time like man i got a headache or, man i'm i'm not feeling good oh i'm so tired like i would just like i'm just like an extrovert and i just say whatever comes across my head and it just drove jessica crazy because she's like total opposite like you would never know if she's feeling bad because she's like a grin and bear it kind of a person and um she's had to learn to express herself more i've had to learn to keep my mouth shut <laughs> mm. and the reason is and when we're talking about fatherhood is that your words tune the atmosphere you know same with mom her words are tuning the atmosphere but i believe dad's got to set that tone and if he's setting a tone of self-focus and complaining and focusing on all the negatives he's experiencing you're not going to be able to build a home where joy and gratitude are the things that are being highlighted. And so whenever your kid, like kids are naturally like going to complain about like everything, but if you're not being like a living example of gratitude, a living example of perseverance, a living example of joy, it's hard to help shepherd your kids through their own struggles as well. That was some good stuff there. Um, so we're about to wrap up here, Ben, where, uh, for people that have appreciated what you've been talking about here, want to find you want to work with you. Um, what are some channels that, that you'd recommend they, they yeah. be in contact. So everything, all of our courses you can find on balancedfamilies.com. And so our vision is we eventually want like courses for like all things, family life. Right now we have a birth class, a breastfeeding class, a newborn health class, and we partner with some health professionals inside of those as well. We're working on some resources for baby sleep, which is a big touchy topic for um, couples, mm -hmm. like a whole nother podcast on its own about the struggles that's brought. And if you enroll in any of our courses, like if you're pregnant and you take our course, we have a support group for, um, our students. And we also have a separate support group just for the dads that I moderate. And then literally like two months ago, I came out with a class all about fatherhood. That's not as like, you know, like young kids focus. It's really just like about fatherhood in general. It's, I call it the dad class. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's kind of this side project I've started. I've, um, and we got some guys into it. They're really, getting a lot out of it. A lot of guys are doing it as friends, like, like a couple guys will get together and they'll go through it together. And you also get in the private group when you do that. And, um, it's really exciting in that class. You learn about like the stages of development. And I built the class basically like, what do I wish I would have known? And I'm a big picture guy. And so I take, I take the guys through the stages of child development and how father fathering relates to each of those stages all the way up into like young adulthood. And then um, we just look at certain characteristics of what makes a great dad and you have a workbook and you kind of evaluate things that you want to work on inside of that. So um, that's, that's balancedfamilies.com. And then on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, our account is balanced.birth.couple. And it's very birth and postpartum focused. Gotcha. 
Well, Ben, thank you for coming on here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I'm looking forward to a, a part of this was a test run to see if I like having guests and interviewing and this has been a great experience. So thank you for giving me a positive first uh, guest appearance on a podcast. Man, thanks for having me.